Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kimisha Lucier, one of the senior pastors of A Day of Prayer, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Before we get started, um, I have an announcement. We're moving to Fridays. <laughs> so our podcast was previously released on Tuesdays, but we're going to move it to Fridays, just as the Lord has been speaking to my heart about some other things that he wants to do, and um, also to help facilitate the growth of um, a day of prayer as a ministry. So we'll be moving to Fridays. You can look for the podcast to be released um, early mornings, just as it was before, and just pick up from there. Also, um, consider hosting a listening party that you can invite some of your friends over to your house and listen to an episode of Live in the Messiah's Love and have a Bible study around it. Use it um, to kind of help guide you in a topic to talk about and discuss with the people in your life and bring yourselves together to kind of walk with each other um, along with me as we walk toward drawing nearer to God in a personal relationship with him. So that's something I want to encourage you to do. And you'll hear more coming out um, and see more in our newsletter if you are able, if you receive that um, about listening parties and things of that nature. Today's episode is called Recognizing the Difference Between God's Voice and Self-Will. Sometimes it can be hard to distinguish between our own desires and what the Holy Spirit is actually saying. Uh, Many times I've experienced in my own life um, and even heard from other believers, I thought I heard God say, I thought God told me that, but then I went and it just looked like God wasn't involved at all, or he wasn't there. He wasn't saying what I thought he said. And typically that happens because we are self-willed and we are actually only hearing what we want to hear and not necessarily what God is saying. So looking at and keeping our mindset on the fact that we want to actually do what God's saying, God saying or leading us to do and not what we are in our desires trying to get God to do. So here's a fact. When the Lord speaks, he always tells us the absolute truth, which will lead us to his absolute best. Um, God's best is his perfect will. It is everything that he desires for you, that he's ordained for you, that he's created you to do, be, have, and fulfill. That's in God's best. Now, oftentimes as believers, we settle for God's permissive will, or sometimes just flat out, we don't care about being in the will of God because we're more interested in pleasing our flesh or our satisfying our own mind or ideas, and we can totally just leave God behind. And we don't want to do that. We want to learn how to walk with him because he is the love of our life. He is the apple of our eye. You know, not only are are we the apple of his eye, but he's the apple of our eye. And everything that we do should be done because we love him and we understand and believe and recognize that he loves us. So back to that fact, when the Lord speaks, he always tells us the truth, which leads us to God's best or his best. But when we don't like or trust his answer, we often keep asking, hoping the Lord will change his mind and tell us what we want to hear. And that's how we can end up in that place where we're like, God, I thought I heard you. I thought you said this. I thought you told me. I thought you sent me. But then when you actually end up where you thought you were supposed to be going. There's nothing there. God's not there. And it was only self-will. So that's a distinguishing factor. Let's take a look at a story in Numbers 22 to help kind of 
give us a, a, a glimpse of what this looks like from the Lord's perspective. So in Numbers 22, this is the story or the account of Balaam. And Balaam with the talking donkey, you've probably heard something about this. Um, Balaam is a prophet of God. And another man, Balak, comes to ask Balaam to come and curse the children of Israel because the other, the Balak was scared that the children of Israel were going to take over all of his land. And, um, you know, he just wanted to get rid of them. And he asked Balaam to do it. Balaam asked God multiple times if um, he could go with Balak because Balak promised him wealth, he promised him promotion, he promised to bless Balaam and Balaam, um, you know, wants to go along and he eventually does go and has a couple of three different encounters with the Lord in this regard and what the Lord tells him to say and do. And um, at the end of it, Balaam goes back home um, and Balak goes on um, to continue to try to get rid of the people of God. But in Numbers 22, um, you know, that's the way that most of us remember it. And we think, you know, that's just a basic story. But there's some details here that really give us insight to our life with God and how we walk with him or choose not to walk with him. Um, So verse 12, there's something really specific. um, Because Balaam asked God a question. And in verse 12, we'll see it. And it says, and God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. So God actually told Balaam in, in the beginning, what he desired. He tells Balaam exactly what he wants. And he tells Balaam what his perfect will is, but Balaam has his own desires and continues to press God with repeated asking to get a different answer that will satisfy his desire to be made wealthy and to have riches and have a a popular name and all of those kind of things. So Balaam keeps asking God over and over the same thing. And God says, okay, go with them, but don't say anything except for what I tell you. But sometimes we don't realize what we're doing. When God, we ask God a question or we see his, his counsel and his word, and then we keep going to God to try to get him to say something different because we didn't like that answer. We're doing the same thing that Balaam did. And I really encourage you to go back and read this, but read it in light of what we're talking about as well. Not just reading it as the story you've heard, you know, a thousand times before or what another pastor said or something like that, but read it really to hear what Holy Spirit is saying and look for the details. Look for the small details that don't satisfy human nature or human desire to be your own God, but really read it to hear God's heart in this. And I believe it'll change your mind about a lot of things. So when he's talking to him, God actually told him the first time what he wanted. And Balaam should have said, nope, that's it. Sorry, I can't go. Bye. But Balaam... And Balak was as insistent as well, but overall, Balaam is the one who had the responsibility to do with do what God said, not Balak. Balak wasn't a prophet of God, but Balaam was. So something we should also be looking at is that God created us and put us here in the earth to do his will, not our own. Yes, we have the right to choose. 
Yes, we have um, the ability to choose and to do what we want, whether it's for God or not, but it doesn't mean that that's what we should be doing. You know, that's pretty, pretty straightforward there, right? Um, Especially as people of God, you know, people that aren't children of God who haven't named the name of Christ have no obligation to follow the Lord. They, they're free to go and do whatever they do or don't do. But if you've named the name of Christ and you call him Lord, it means that he is the decision maker. And it doesn't mean you have abandoned having a will that you have your own will, but it means you willingly submit it to his and it, you willingly lay it down for him to tell you what the right choice is and tell you where, where he wants you to go and what he wants you to do. Think about Christ in his earthly ministry. He absolutely is God. He was God, right? But yet he submitted himself to the will of the father. And he continually does that. He's submitted to the divine order that God has already said. And you see him repeatedly through the new, um, the gospels in the new Testament saying, not my will, but your will be done. I've come to do the will of of my father in heaven. Um, I do not seek my own, but I seek that of the father who sent me. I have secret food that you don't know of, and it's to do the will of my father in heaven. And to the natural people around him, they could not fathom what he was talking about. They're like, did somebody bring him food while we weren't here? You know, even in the devil's face, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he had that same consistent answer day after day after day after day, because that was his consistent choice day after day after day. He made it once and he continued to, um, um, be remain consistent with that choice. He, he continued to reinforce that choice every day. So we don't want to try to use our prayer time to overturn the will of God because we can't ever change God's mind. He meant what he said, but then when we keep trying to press him, tell me something, give me a different answer, God, because I want, give me a different answer, God, because I think, give me a different answer, God, because I don't want to do what you said. I don't trust what you said. And I'm not sure that I'll be safe. We leave that perfect will of God, that, that God's best place. That's absolutely the safest place for us ever to be. Um, and we leave it and we go into his permissive will. And then sometimes we just flat out leave our relationship with God over that. And, you know, as I look at Balaam's life, I don't know that he considered the consequence would be just that he would actually end up departing from God in relationship, but it ended up costing him everything. But he got so a couple of dollars from Balak, or he got a, a pretty robe, or he got famous on YouTube, or he got, you know, whatever, whatever it is of value, what does it matter in light of our relationship with him and our salvation? So meditate on the fact that you were created to do his will in the earth and keep meditating on it. Mutter it to yourself until it dawns on your inward man that you weren't created to do your own will and that we're created in his image and his likeness to do his will. I know that's, that's a, (laughs) a funny concept. It seems so straightforward, but it's actually counter to what the human mind wants to, wants to think. Believers were made as new creations, not so we could have more power to do what we wanted, but so we could have the ability to do God's will with the Holy Spirit's help. And again, Holy Spirit didn't come upon us 
and the baptism, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so we could now have power to do our will. Holy Spirit is upon us so that we have the ability and power to do God's perfect will. Being self-willed is a product of sin nature. So you're not the only one. I'm not the only one that's ever experienced this. You're not the only one that's ever going to experience this, but it must be replaced in you and me with truly being God-willed. And usually being self-willed like this comes from fear. Um, fear that God won't do good for you or me or fear that we won't have um, what we need and that God's idea is not actually the best, even though it is. And then we usually try to take it for ourselves, take and snatch off of God um, what we think is the right answer. And we want him to kind of condone us doing things that are wrong because, you know, we're like, oh, okay, I'm saved, but I know I'm doing what I want. I just want you to bless it, God. And that's absolutely the wrong way to go. That's not that's not walking um, the way you should before the Lord. So we don't want to take that um, perspective. So let's take a look over at Numbers 24, um, verse 11. And again, I encourage you to go and spend some time reading Numbers 22 um, onward before the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Read it before God and let him minister to your heart. Let's read that verse, um, 20, Numbers 24, verse 11. It says, Now, therefore, flee to your place. I said I would greatly honor you, but in fact, the Lord has kept you back from honor. So this is Balak talking to Balaam after he went, um, he kept taking Balaam to different places, trying to get Balaam to curse God. And Balaam had already been told by God that Israel is blessed and he's not allowed to speak um, a curse over them because God has blessed them. But Balaam kept going with Balak to these places, seeing if God would say something different, seeing if God would perhaps give him a different answer so he could collect his natural reward. And each time he went there, when the Lord um, spoke to him, he ended up having to bless the people because who God has blessed, no one can curse. So take that to yourself. That's some strength and hope that we have in the Lord. And that's a fact that when God is for us, who can be against us? No one can stand when they, when we are in the perfect will of God and our father is pleased with us. No one has anything to say and they cannot overturn the blessing of God. But Balaam, who, even though God told him in the first place not to go, went anyway. And that's when he met the angel of the Lord and the donkey started talking. And then he even proceeded past that, almost being killed by the angel of the Lord and um, who is our Lord and Savior. And the Lord showed him mercy and he still kept going to try to gain this natural reward. It didn't register in his mind that he was playing literally with his life. He didn't take that grace and mercy and change course and go, wait, 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 let me go back home. Because the angel of the Lord trying to chop my head off is just not what I want to be doing right now that something's wrong with this. But he was so blinded by his desire for his own will. He was so blinded by his own desire to be, um, to be notable, to have this wealth that Balak was promising. And he was greedy for gain. Um, other scriptures in the new Testament, uh, say about him that he when shown mercy, kept pressing the gas to go down his own pathway. And when that happened, he went and went to three different places to see if he would get a, a better vantage point. If I close my eyes, can I curse him now? If I turn my back to Israel, can I curse him now? You know, all these things, just trying to continue and move forward in something God had already let him know from the jump that he didn't want him to do or to go. And um, get away with it. And then at the end, that was um, 
chapter 24 of Numbers in verse 11, Balak says to Balaam, well, God held you back from being blessed. The Lord has kept you back from honor, saying basically, oh, you followed God, you're dumb. You missed out on this, all this stuff that I was going to give you. If you had any sense, you would have just done what I asked, but you're just going to miss out because your God, he doesn't want you to have good. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. And actually, when I when I read that recently, you know, studying it before the Lord, the Lord spoke to me and he said, doesn't that sound awfully familiar? And I thought, yes, it does, Lord. And so the Lord had me um, look back at Genesis chapter three, verse five. And we're going to look at that together. This is um, woman in in the garden and the serpent is talking to her. And we know that the Lord told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but all the other trees they could eat from, including the tree of life, which is also in the center of the garden, which is very, very interesting to note. But this, the serpent was on this particular tree and um, wanted to draw woman and man into sin and, and man specifically, but woman was the doorway for that. So let's look at verse five and what it says. It says, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And actually, let me read verse four and then I'll read it together. It says, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows in that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. That's really, really consistent with what Balak said to Balaam. Oh, you're the Lord kept you back from honor. God is trying to keep you from being wise. He doesn't want you to buy that, have that house because he wants you to stay in debt forever. He always wants you to be a tenant and never the landlord. God doesn't have good in mind for you. He's trying to steal from you and hold you back. Okay. Yes, I did put a funny voice on that because that's how the adversary talks. And unfortunately we're We are foolish enough to believe the adversary because we don't trust God has our best at heart. And because woman didn't say, wait a second, how, wait, wait, God put me in this garden that has everything that I could ever want. He comes to walk with me in the day, in the cool of the day. I have my family and I can eat of the tree of life, which sounds way more awesome than the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God is only good. So I already know good. So all that's left to come to me is the evil part. Okay. That doesn't make sense what you're saying, devil. She didn't even take a moment to look at it in light of the truth. And she, she really should have just ran back to God and say, Lord, the snake is over here talking and he told me to do something you said not to. What do you say about it and help me? Or she could have said, get out of here, snake, shut up in the name of Jesus. She could have done that. Um, but she didn't. She looked at it from a perspective that God was holding back from her, that God was trying to keep her from being wise and blessed. Well, she had God in his fullness. There was no separation between them. She had all the wisdom. She had access to all the wisdom she would ever need, but yet she despised to think good and well of the Lord. So she made a pathway for herself and ended up releasing and unleashing the curse. Not only did she sin herself, but she let her children, um, her husband into sin, which then let her children into sin. And actually all of creation following now was under the curse that God didn't put on them. But now the curse is actually just the, the 
penalty of sin. This is what happens when you willfully sin, when you willfully go out of the perfect will of God, you open the door for the devil and he comes rushing in to try to steal, kill and destroy any and everything he can. He doesn't stop because you didn't know it was going to cost that much. You didn't know what it meant. He didn't stop because woman was naive in the situation and she didn't understand that all of humanity was going to be under a sentence of judgment because of her. She was just thinking, oh, it's just me right now. Let me get what I want and see how it works out for me. So likewise, in Numbers 24 here, um, the same concept of God's holding you back. He kept you back from honor. Well, no, honor only comes from him. Blessing only comes from the Lord. He is a giver of good gifts. Um, James chapter one tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So if it's good, it came from God. And if it's bad, it comes from the devil. I mean, that's pretty simple. And or our flesh in connection with the devil. So now we've been talking about this um, act numbers chapter 22. And so um, 24 of um, the story of Balaam. But how do we know that Balaam missed God? How do we know that God's saying, go fine, if you're going to go, go and don't say anything else? How do we know that's not what God wanted? That's a good question. Let's look at Revelation 2.14. And this is what it says. This is um, where the, the Lord um, is talking to John, the Apostle John, while the Apostle John was on the Isle of Patmos and in a vision with the Lord. And the Lord came to speak with them. And this is what he said in verse 14. It says, but I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. So again, um, actually in this part of Revelation is Jesus sending a message um, speaking to the churches that are in the earth at the time. And he'd list them out, the church of Ephesus, the church here and the church there. And he says to them, this is what's going on in your midst. And look how he refers to Balaam. Now, again, I said it started at the beginning and I talked to you and I, I said, Balaam probably didn't know this was going to cost him his relationship with the Lord to, to press into his self-willed um, behavior here. He didn't, he probably didn't understand the full weight of what he was doing, but it was the consequence that severed his relationship with God. Nonetheless, even though he didn't understand the full weight of it, just like woman didn't understand the full weight of it. And it put a separation between her and God as well. But the consequence is what it is. And when God tells us no, or he says, yes, go and do whatever he instructs us, it's always going to be in his perfect will. That's always what he tells us first. That's always, he gives us his best. And it's always where we're going to be safe. And we will know that we're pleasing to him. And we never have to wonder or guess about that. But Balaam, if this is what Jesus, the Lord, the risen savior said about him, right? David, let's compare David who did fall in sin, but repented. God continued to talk about him and call him a man after his own heart. That's how God saw him. But Balak, who was a prophet of God, this is how he calls him. He refers to him in a, a wicked light and he did not remember him favorably because that severed their relationship. So what do I want you to understand out of this? And what am I saying? Being self-willed is dangerous to us as children of God, but it also signifies that we are either God is our Lord or we are our Lord. And I, I, I believe about most believers, they don't 
actively want to continue to be their own Lord, but sometimes it's hard to see the the difference. It's hard to see the line between it because when we read scriptures like the Lord, God will give us a, us the desires of our heart. We're thinking, yes, green light. I can go have what I want and God's going to bless it. But really that's not what the Lord means in that scripture. He means that when you love him, when you are fully submitted, you will allow him to impart to your heart his desires and you will take his desires to yourself as though they were your own and you will pursue them just like it was your own and it was your idea and it was intensely and immensely important to you just like it's intensely and immensely important to God and you will pursue that in place of what you think, feel, understand, want, desire, you name it, you're going to put God first and then he will add to you things that bless you. Um, and that won't violate him. God is not going to give you something that violates him. He's not a sinful God. He doesn't wink at sin. He doesn't condone sin, but he is gracious. And just because he's merciful doesn't mean, or gracious to you, doesn't mean he condoned the sinful nature. Are you going, God, I don't care what you want. Give me what I want. Do it now. Jump monkey dance get in your box, get out of your box, rub Eugenie on the bottle. That's not what he wants. He wants us to love him and take his will to us. And then that signifies that we are trustworthy and he can bless us because what's coming out of our heart is pure. It's not self-seeking. It's not um, contrary to the things in the will of God or, or his nature and his character, but it blesses him. That's something that stands out about the life of Jesus Christ is that he was given the spirit without measure because he was trustworthy to only do the will of the father. Now, if anybody had a right to do what they wanted to do, it would have been him, right? He's God, but he didn't. He chose to submit his will instead. And you can read countless accounts of that, um, especially in the garden of Gethsemane to, um, Gethsemane to drive that point home to you. But just looking at Revelations chapter two, verse 14, and there are other scriptures in the New Testament that reference Balaam in that way that he taught the people. Um, actually, he taught Balak how to put a stumbling block in front of the children of Israel. Um, and that's how God remembered him. Now, as you study um, this section of scripture, you can see where Balaam departed, but he told him, I'll teach you what they're going to do. And then after that, Balak actually sent um, women into the camp to cause um, the children of Israel to stumble in, uh, into idolatry and to sexual immorality, which also um, Revelation 2.14, which again is got Jesus himself speaking. So you know he knows the truth. He has the account accurate. He said this is what he caused and how he felt about it. Um, let's also look at, um, Jude one eleven for some insight and revelation there as well. And this says, woe to them for they have gone in the way of Cain have run greedily in error of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. So he's telling about wicked and evil people who are behaving in a way that's unbecoming and, um, he's relating them to other known uh, people in the scriptures who Cain killed his brother. Balaam again ran um, for greedily in error for profit. And then Korah tried to rebel against Moses and Aaron. And the Lord made a distinction that he had chosen Moses and Aaron. So again, all those accounts, Balaam was not listed as in the being in the heroes of faith chapter, he was listed over here as don't be like them. So again, that tells us how God felt about it. On the surface, it seemed like Balaam 
quote unquote, did what the Lord said or gave him permission to do. Um, But then the Lord's response tells us clearly that that was not the case. That's not how God felt about it. So what do you do? If you find yourself in a place where you thought the Lord told you to go or do, but later realized God wasn't in it, then stop. Get before God. Get yourself out of the way. Identify and, and hone in pinpoint that self-will, what you're, what you're asking for, what you're desiring, and then examine, is it causing you to sin? And then ask him about it again, bring it before him in sincerity and honesty to hear the truth and what he actually wants to say, not what you want him to say. You got to move that. I want you to tell me this God, so I can go and do it. Give me permission to do what I want God so I can have it. I can do it. I can see it. I can be it, et cetera, et cetera. Move that out of the way and then present whatever it is that is on your mind before him. And then say, God, please just tell me the truth, Holy Spirit. Um, and not begging him. I just happened to talk that way. Um, <laughs> growing up, my mom said, say please and thank you. So that's how I speak. Um, but also being humble. God doesn't have to do anything. He does it by his grace. But Lord, tell me the truth about this. And whatever you say to me, I'm going to take it as your will. I'm going to take it at face value and then let him disclose the truth. You know, the armor of God has the belt of truth because everything else hinges off the truth. And if you are deceived into believing a lie, even if the deception has come from yourself, it has to be moved out of the way so everything else can hang properly on you. Uh, The rest of the armor can hang properly. So you need God's truth on it. And then whatever he says to you, be willing to listen to God and ask him to correct where you've missed it. Again, it may hurt. It may be like, ouch, God, I'm sorry. I didn't really want to hear that. But let him tell you the truth. Be ready to receive it and hear it. And then commit to run your race as a God man or a God woman in full trust with God's will on your mind. And when you position yourself that way and you go, okay, God, I know you're not saying this to hurt me. If you're telling me no about something or you're telling me to go another way, it's because you truly know where I will be blessed. You truly know where I will be satisfied and fulfilled. And I will give you glory, which is why I'm a new creation is to give you glory, God. That's why I'm on this earth is to give you glory, Jesus, with my life, with my choices, with my words, and with the meditations of my heart. So you're going to lead me in the path of righteousness, as as the psalm tells us. And he's going to lead you to the way of life. He's going to shed light on your path. And when you just open your heart and you say, God, I'm I'm struggling with this. I've been in I've been in my own way for so long. This is hard for me. Help me. Holy Spirit will help you. Just like the Father who said, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. I'm I'm I need your help to push me over <laughs> to help me get, you know, finish this course. He will do it. But you have to come with the pure motivations that you actually want to hear what he has to say. And you're willing to do his will above your own because you value him and you prize him and he's precious to you. He will always, always, always guide you into all truth. And he will always ensure that you make it to his desired end for you, which is re-entering the heavenly community, but having a blessed life while you're here on the earth as well. So you can trust him. He's a good God and whatever he tells you, it'll be for your benefit. You never lose with faith, um, with your faith in him or trusting him. It's only a win. So I hope this word blessed you today. Um, take a moment. If you have the opportunity, share this episode, um, like this episode and subscribe. Um, and if you're interested, um, come to our website, adayofprayer.org and sign up for a newsletter. Um, that way you can get some up-to-date and back 
um, you know, behind the scenes information on a day of prayer and what's going on and what the Lord is saying to this ministry and how he's using the ministry. Um, and also you can let us know your prayer request as well. And also consider that listening party so you can sit down and be blessed with other people around you as well. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.